Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, we're here with Dana Bowen. What's up, man? What up, dude? Dude, thank you for taking the time, brother. I really appreciate it. Dude, thanks for having me. I know, we've got to give a shout out to Nate, though, I think, uh, our mutual connection. Um, I don't think I even told him yet that I was having you on. I did not think about it. I, th- I think I was telling you that I was texting him earlier, but I need to tell him. Or actually, we'll just spring it on him. We'll surprise him. He'll be yeah, like, what? Surprise him. <laughs> He's probably uh, sick of hearing my voice anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you know Nate, though? I meant to ask you that. Uh, just through the Instagram, man. You know, he makes those red pin screaming infidelities. Yeah. And I have interviewed a lot of people that you know he's interested as far as musicians and um you know on my podcast and he made pins for my podcast he's just i've been talking to him for probably a few months now at least right on yeah just a genuinely nice guy man i do like nate so shout out out to screaming pin fiddles we'll give you a free plug there nate we don't mind uh (laughs) uh but yeah dude you're talking about your podcast two week notice man why don't you um you know i don't know if there's probably bound to be people that listen to my show that listen to yours because there's a little bit of crossover. But um, for someone maybe that doesn't know your show, can you talk about what you do and like kind of the guests you have and such like that? Yeah, dude. So it's called Two Week Notice. If you were to look it up, it's the one with the peace sign because there's others with like you know similar names. But uh, so it started off as a travel log, to be honest with you. Uh, I quit my corporate job that I had for like a decade and two week notice, and I went to travel around Europe for four months and. I just started it as a travel log, like just solo. I was like, hey, I'm in Switzerland today. And here's what I did, you know. And I enjoyed it so much that when I came home from Europe, I decided I wanted to keep doing a podcast. And simultaneously, Highball asked me to be their tour manager. I had already been touring with them for a bit, uh, but it was for the U.S. tour opening up for Dashboard Confessional, which I was like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, that was like a <laughs> right. pretty big tour to be promoted to tour manager from Merch Guy or whatever. But so on that tour I was doing like a tour log kind of thing. I would I would like record with Travis the singer of Highbald or you know. So then right after the tour ended was when the shutdown happened and I eventually just started getting musicians. I was like, wait a minute, everyone's just like sitting around at home right now. This would probably be the perfect time to interview people. And I was like, well, Chris Caraba gave me his phone number. Maybe he'd do it. You know, so I texted him and like a week later he was on the show. And uh, since then it's really snowballed. I've had a lot of musicians. Uh, I just had Matt Fryer of the Get Up Kids. I've had Eddie from Taking Back Sunday, Tucker from Thursday, um, Less Than Jake, uh, Poison the Well, Senses Fail. I'm not gonna. I won't sit here and bore you with all the all the bands, but you get the idea. You know, it's, just, it's been all band people. Yeah, right on. So you're not boring me, brother, man. This is. This is my lifeblood, so <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah. That's really cool. It's been it's been an honor, you know, and it sounds corny, but it is it is genuine. It's, I always say if nobody listens to it, like you know, I just got to talk to Aaron from Minus the Bear for an hour and a half. Wow, <laughs> you know, and some of those people I like still talk to since then, like we'll text and stuff like that. So it's been really special for me, and uh, I didn't know how much time it was going to take out of my life. I mean, I, I put more time into this than I do my actual job, but I love it. 
Right. And so it's that passion thing of like, man, I just really love to do this thing. So it doesn't even feel like a chore, you know? Exactly. Well, sometimes it does. Well, I'm like up all night trying to. <laughs> I was going to say, I said that and then it was like, well, some shit happens and you're like, damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, that that is really cool. And, and you know, it's always been like a special thing to me. And I think for anyone that hosts a podcast, anytime you get to have someone on that you've either, you know, known them or have been a fan of their work, like that's so special that, you know, they take time and you get to talk to them and ask them maybe things that you've always wondered. And that's just really fun to me. Like, I love that. I love that yeah. kind of thing. So I definitely was like, oh, man, this is cool. Like, I love the idea for the show and everything. The branding's cool, too. So oh, I thanks, man. love the peace sign. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, my buddy. He's his artist. He's pretty famous on Instagram. His handle is at tallboy666. He's a kid I grew up with in Lynn. And uh, yeah, if you check out his page, I mean, you'll recognize him. He does some insane art. But Cool, man. Um, I, I got to say, I did recently do a new segment because where I live is on a pond. Yeah. So I was like, I want to do a pond. Yeah. So basically, someone will come over and get, we'll hop on the boat and shoot the shit like just sitting on the boat and i'm like all right who can i get who's local um that artist who designed my my logo there behind me is one of them uh, i had buzz if you know the band unearth uh, oh, i had yeah. buzz yeah so he's he was a that guy's a, if you're a fan of them or not and you want to check out an episode so like dig in that's the one I, i've had him on twice he is just the funniest dude ever <laughs> honestly he, he should have his own show the guy has insane stories like Dealing golf carts on tour and just like ridiculous shenanigans. Oh man, I love that. That's so cool. They get to know people like that too, where you're like, wow, I didn't even expect that. Like, and getting to hear yeah. those fun stories is always cool too. You're like, man, I would have never known that. I can't say I was surprised. I'm, I'm from Lynn, <laughs> Massachusetts, and uh, I, you know, I know my type. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. Uh, well, we talked about, uh, you know, I, I did the series with Nate where. We talked about um, all bands from, um, oh man, what was the, it wasn't Fueled by Rama. Oh yeah, Drive Through. Yeah. I got confused because we started out initially, we were going to do Fueled by Ramen and then he threw out Drive Through and I was like, okay, we'll do Drive Through. Like it took I was jealous. this much convincing to do Drive Through. I was like, all right. I, dude, I loved that episode. I wanted to like chime in, you know? I, I yeah, like, dude. Oh I, yeah, that one. That's a good one. You yeah. Know? <laughs> And I always like feel, especially if I like get some shit wrong, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm gonna get my ass." I hit listen to it later or something. I'm like, "I'm gonna get my ass cheat for that one." That. But all right, yep, I uh, had that happen. But yeah, man. So we we uh we say we would do victory records. Um yeah. So basically, we're, what we're gonna do if you if uh, anyone listening, if you didn't uh, listen to the episode that I did with Nate Pearson, um, we basically are gonna pick a few of our favorite albums that were released on Victory Records. Um, talk about why we love those albums. You know, it's really just like to get a peek into the kind of stuff we like, what we're into, um, get a good a good gauge on our taste in music. Um, I think it's always just like a cool way to get to know people, man. Like, you don't, I mean, we, we me and you have, we've texted a little bit, but this is the first time we're actually getting to talk. So this is like a cool way that I could be like, oh, okay, he likes that band. Like, I like I fuck with them. We're like, oh man, you know, always heard the name, but I never listened to him. I had a couple of those with Nate where he was like super into some bands. And I was like, I know the name, but I don't know like enough to speak to the songs or anything. So I'd always just love hearing that stuff. So, but yeah, man, Victory Records, the uh, 
it's like a little a bit of a controversial label, I guess. <laughs> like there's been several several yeah. bands that have like had big qualms with the uh with the uh with the record label, but talk about your intro to that, man. Like how did you uh was it just like you resonated with or like certain bands like music resonated with you and they just happened to be victory records or did you get like a sampler from them or something? I'd say a little of both, you know, I've been listening to bands uh, from victory records for a couple decades now. And at some point I definitely got samplers, whether it was a warp tour or a show that was, you know, sponsoring the tour, whatever, whatever it was, definitely, definitely a little of both. And it's, I was just reading about, well, actually I've had someone on my podcast, the episode I don't think is out yet and I haven't decided if I was going to edit it out or not but they're like Victory Records came up and they were, it was I think it was one of those bands who had a controversy because they were like fuck Victory Records oh, like, shit. Sucked. and I was like whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> you know um, it's probably fine I mean he said what he said but you know what I mean right right uh, but, but to your point and I'm, this isn't coming from me but to your point they definitely have had some controversy controversy like I know Thursday had a problem with them but Thursday ended up going back to them Right, but there have been there have been some lawsuits. I think with like Hawthorne Heights and a few other bands. The Hawthorne Heights one was specifically the one that I remembered, and actually Hawthorne Heights was the the way that I found victory personally was because um, this is I'm gonna age myself here. This is back in the day when MTV actually uh, showed uh, music videos. I don't know if anybody knows <laughs> that they did that, but uh, <laughs> but in between, um, but really they in between they would kind of do these bumpers sometimes where they would say, "Hey, here's a little." snippet of a song and um victory i guess produced a thing where it was like a little cut of the ohio's for lovers music video and it was like um them playing in and there was like a big overlay of like the victory records logo and i'm like what is that so it's like you know back then that was like the way and i talked to nate about this a little bit that was the way that i found bands that i liked back then you know now we have like the spotify discover or you know some you, people also listen to blah blah back then it was like Here's a band that I like. Let me see what label are they on. Okay, let me see what other bands are on that label. Or like, if you get their album and you get the the booklet and see like what out maybe they th- think some bands like oh sh- I should be able to I should definitely check this band out because they they made the booklet like that's the way I found music back then. But I found I found out about Victory and Hawthorne Heights through that MTV. I think it was like an MTV Two commercial. Yeah, man. I, it's funny. I've talked about this quite a bit on my podcast as well. It's- I remember back when, you know, every Tuesday was CD release day. I'm 35. How old are you? I'm 30. 30? Okay, close enough. And I just, every Tuesday, I used to skip school. I was in high school. And that was CD release day. I'd walk down to, like, the local, you know, CD store, and I would I would take all the money that I made with my part-time job, and I would buy CDs. And sometimes it, it might have been a band who I already knew, and I was anticipating the release. But sometimes, you know what, maybe maybe someone who I'm in class with was wearing the shirt and I had never heard the band yeah. before. And maybe I asked them walking like, billboard. Oh, who's, yeah. Who's that band? Whatever. Or yeah, I would just, I would sometimes buy, I talked to Connor from boys night out about this on, on my podcast. Uh, like buying when I bought their CD, I didn't know anything about them. There was a little bit of buzz going on cause they were just kind of starting to blow up. I saw the CD and uh, it was, what's that first one? Make yourself sick. It was called, and I loved the, the artwork on the front, and I turned it around, and on the back, I looked at the track listing, and the first song was called, I Got Punched in the Nose, to Stick in My Face, and Other People's Business, which is the classic line from the movie The Wedding Singer. So, between all that, I just bought it, you know, on a whim, and I was like, yeah, this, 
these guys are awesome. But sometimes I would buy a CD and not like it. So yeah, you know. it's kind of the crapshoot, isn't it? Yeah, but it's fun. Yeah. That's pretty funny. You know, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in the church here in like the we're in the Bible Belt. I'm in Oklahoma City, and uh, we have this store called Mardell. It's like a Christian, like uh, basically like a Christian store. We could buy like shirts and. I don't know if you're familiar with Mardell. You might know it, but I don't think I am. Um, okay, but yeah, basically, it's just like a big like a uh, Walmart that's like all Christian stuff. And uh, of course, they have a music section. And I remember it was like one of those bands. I was getting into that time, like it, it was the exact same thing. I would see someone with a shirt, or uh, you know, to, to, back to the MySpace thing. Someone had this. Uh, their profile song was this band, and I'm like, oh man, oh yeah, that song's awesome. And then I would go. Uh, my dad had took me to. I think I've told the story on the show before, but I love it. It's a, he took me and was like, uh, one of those things of like randomly like, hey, you know, you're doing good in school or whatever. So pick out a couple CDs to whatever you want to listen to at Mardell or whatever. And so Mardell actually carried a bunch of tooth and nail stuff. And then a couple of other like uh, bands or uh, labels that that had like, um, you know, uh, hardcore, post-hardcore, emo, pop punk type stuff. And I remember I bought a CD, like I bought the the Chariot. It's a, uh, if you listen to Norma Jean, that's the, you know, the, that's like the the brother band to, to Norma Jean's The Chariot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my dad thinking it's like going to be like the Newsboys or some other, like, you know, like some Christian <laughs> band. And uh, boy, he was, uh, he was in for a surprise when it was, uh, you know, old Josh starts yelling the top of his lungs. But That's to his credit, awesome. I always say to his credit, he didn't, you know, he didn't just shit on it like how you figure adults would. He was just like, almost like he was like, not disappointed, but just like surprised. He was like, you know, we get through a couple songs and he, he's like, well, I haven't heard him talk about Jesus once. And the, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I just remember that. Like I was like tw- uh, probably 13, 14 in that age. And I just like, I will probably never forget. That was like one of the funniest, like a core memory for me, like. I haven't heard Jesus once. Like, oh my god! <laughs> it's just great. funny. The funny the way that we the ways that we find music, isn't it? Yeah. The other thing, you know, was just going to a show and seeing the opening band. Yeah. You know, or even for me, like I would see, say I was going to see, I don't know, the band Finch. I like talking about drive through. I used to like Finch back in the day, and, and like if the singers wearing. You know, a shirt for a starting line shirt. I already knew the starting line, but just as a random example, you know what I mean. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna probably check out that album. Um, Yeah, man. And then the MySpace thing for sure. Now, Pieball. This is a fun fact. So nobody believes me when I say this, but Pieball was the first band to be like a MySpace band, like because they eventually added music. At first, it didn't have music. It was just like a like a Facebook or whatever. And then they added like the, the little music thing and they started like having band pages and highballs. They knew somebody who was in the my like working for MySpace and they were pretty sure the first, if not one of the first. But. No, you, I will corroborate this because the literal reason that I know Pieball is because they showed up in like a, um, I, I guess it was like a, you should know this, like I guess the newsfeed at the time. It's so weird. It's like the terminology is different because it was completely different network. But they did. I think it was. I'm trying to think of what it looked like. But it was like. Was it like a maybe an album cover or just like a promo of them? Were they all sitting on a couch? Is that right? Oh, that's probably. There's an album right behind. That's me it. Hanging up. I think it is that it, one. It, it, 
on the couch right there. It's the, we are the only friends we have. That's the one with like American Heart. I think that might have been the one that I remember seeing that album cover or something and being like, oh, who are these guys? So like, I remember that. Like, that's how I found them. And then, um, yeah, that, that was just like a whole different era, man. Like, go to my MySpace and then they would have like, you know, three or four songs and I would you would go check and see like, you know, almost religiously for bands that you liked be like, oh, did they change out? Did they have like a new single come out or something? Or yeah. they would announce, they they would change their name on fa- MySpace to be like, uh, it would be like Dashboard Confessional, new new uh, single out, blah blah, like in parentheses, and he would be like, okay, I yeah. need to check it that day, and I know at the very top it's gonna be a new track. Like MySpace was great. Yeah, it was awesome, man. And I remember finding a lot of bands like that, like what you're saying, like that is just so funny, so funny how I we consume, to, you know. It, you're right. It is. I used to have, because, uh, you know, you, on your personal page, you could feature a song. Yeah. And I used to uh, just to fuck with people. Because this was, when I was on MySpace, I think it was when it first came out, probably like 07, 06, something like that. Right Maybe on. even, actually, it might have been before that, but whatever it was, I remember putting on, uh, you know, The Bled? I don't know if you know that band. I love them, but they're like, the they scream a lot. And they have the song called Last American Cowboys, and like, from the very beginning, it just hits the snare drum, and the guy, and James, the singer, he just starts screaming <laughs> his head off. And so many people, because they would be on their actual PC, not on their phone, and they, if they had their music up for whatever other reason, and then they clicked on that, it would just, you just give them a heart attack. So many people <laughs> be like, "Take that song!" <laughs> I can't stain your profile song. I got to scroll down and pause it. Well, it would just scare the shit out of them. Yeah, that's funny. That is, <laughs> may, or maybe. It was, like back then, I you know you'd be up like late at night, maybe everyone else in the house. Exactly. Yes. Wow. <laughs> We're living the same life. I see. Um, no. Yeah. That's that's exactly it. I did see like a big full, a funny full circle thing that was like uh, someone was talking about. I think maybe Instagram or something. It's like I wish you could go to my Instagram page and then there's like a song you could just like feature on like your Instagram. I'm like, wow, MySpace has come full circle. That'd be rad. But I'm guessing. It's just off the top of my head, because I don't. Would that take away from their videos? I don't know. I'm Maybe sure it would. would. Yeah, I'm sure it would. They find I'm, some I'm sure to not do that. They probably thought. I'm sure they thought about that for whatever reason. Don't. I it's, don't know. It just made me laugh. Like, man, these kids don't even know about MySpace, Dana. They don't. They don't know. They don't know Harold. <laughs> um, well, let's jump into this discussion, man. Um, you know, talk about these Victory Records um, albums that we like, and I think me and Nate did three, but. If you had some honorable mentions, um, we could throw those in. Oh, too. you did three? I had uh, five. Uh, I, I had, well, I had my... I did five. I had several... <laughs> ri- okay, 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 perfect. Yeah. I had several written down, and I think I... Whittled it down. <laughs> I did. I, uh, it was one of those things, like, I told Nate three, and then I ended up doing five, and then thankfully he did five, too, so I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm oh. very curious as to how many overlaps we'll have. I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess at least two overlapping bands. I thought the same thing with Nate because it was like it was funny the way it informed my my choices because I was like man I don't want to like take all the really good ones in case he picks it and then he would pick one that'd be like oh man I didn't even think to do that one so yeah I'm interested to see that Uh, but yeah man why don't you kick it off with your uh, first choice are we gonna go like five four three two one like in the order kind of thing you know what I mean oh man I didn't rank them like that I just did five haphazardly all right I 
I'm going to start off. I'm going to try to go five, four, three, two, one, but it's already going to be difficult. All right, cool. <laughs> but I'm going I'm, I'm to start off with one that I would bet all my money that you probably don't have. I'll be shocked if you do. Uh, it's the band Cast Iron Height, and it's called Watch It Burn. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't have that one on there. This one came out mid-90s. It was definitely earlier on. And I chose them. Now, have you ever heard the podcast Disgraceland? I've not. It is a true crime music podcast. What? And it's it's one of the biggest podcasts like in the world right now. It has been for a while. The host of that podcast, like it's, it's basically it starts off with uh, the first episode is about Jerry Lee Lewis, and it's about like the bad stuff. He oh did. yeah, right. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, like he had yeah he's had like two wives like mysteriously like murdered and disappeared and like like basically I mean. I don't know. I think allegedly, you know, maybe the cops are sleeping some stuff under the rug. And, like, but the guy should probably be in jail, but he's not. Like, we played Riot Festival with him a few years ago. <laughs> but, oh, but anyway, that's the that's the first episode. But I mean, he's had you know the Beatles and like Tupac, or you know, just like all these different. It's an amazing podcast. Definitely check it out. Well, Jake was the singer for this band from Boston called Cast Iron Heights, and. He's coming on my podcast actually in a couple of days. I've been trying to get him for months, and it's finally working out. But awesome, he's he's the man. Uh, but the reason I picked it is just because it's one of those bands that kind of I don't know, maybe were never noticed. Like I feel like if, if they were a band now, they'd be huge. And also, it was this was released. It was called Watch It Burn. It was released on Victory Records, but it was produced by Brian McTurney. And um, we were texting a little bit about him. Right, yeah. Now, Brian, Brian McKernan, he's a legend. He currently is the front man for the band Be Well. He was the front man for the band Battery back in the 90s, which they were huge. They're amazing. But he also was producing all these records. And he produced one of the... He started the studio in his basement in Boston, like early, mid-90s. And back then, it was so hard to find someone who had like a little studio so it was impossible to make a record unless you had a ton of money at least in the boston area and cast iron hike was like one of the first it was the first record that he produced it was their ep before this one that victory put out but he produced this one as well and he went on to produce you know if you look him up and i showed you the list earlier yeah i mean it's insane yeah that's right but you would never know you know but so i chose that one just for their importance to the music scene, especially the the bands that I like, for sure, man. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. That's the on these discussions where I'm like, oh man, I don't know that, and then I get excited because it's like, oh man, this is like a new thing that I can like check out now. Um, we'll have to throw one of those songs definitely on the playlist uh, for everybody listening. We're gonna put together a playlist, kind of like we did for the Drive Through Records one. We'll put together a Spotify playlists uh, of um. Kind of like a, a, a mishmash of songs that uh, me and Dana talk about today, or at least songs off the albums or just off of Victory Records in general that we like. Dude, um, that was even harder, like, because you told me, like, what was it, like seven or eight songs? I know, I'm like, man, I'm like, do we do like a, a 40 song playlist? Like, I got to whittle it down to some point. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right. But I didn't know if I had to have that ready by now, too, so I had a bunch of... I don't know, we got, we got a little wiggle room on that, we'll figure that out, but... But yeah, we'll promote that alongside this episode, guys. So if you want to check out that Spotify playlist, um, I'll release that link uh, alongside this episode so you guys can check that out too. Um, 
but yeah, man. Okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely Cat- have to put one of those on there so I could check that out for sure. Cast Iron Hike once again. That's my number five. I'm gonna try to go in order. You do what you want to do, but okay. I want to. <laughs> hey, so I don't know what I'm you're doing, you. brother. I don't know <laughs> what you're doing, but here's what I'm doing. <laughs> All right, let me see if I can budge this a little bit. I think I could do the same. I think on the fly I could do that real quick. I do want to start off. So um, I definitely like bands like that where you're like, man, these guys could have been huge. I don't know why they were, why they weren't. Um, I don't feel like this band was like small by any means, but like I don't think as many people knew about them that I like you would think or like that I would like like them to be renowned as. But um, it's the self-titled uh, album by The Audition. Um, it came out, to, came out 2009. Um, notable about that is it was produced by Mark Trombino. Um, Mark Trombino produced for Jimmy World, like arguably one of my favorite uh, yeah. bands of all time since it's failed blink 182 finch Me too. um yeah. trombino's produced for a ton of people actually I, I tried to get him on my podcast before i don't know if i told you that i don't know if we've talked about this before oh, that'd be rad. but uh he was like nah <laughs> oh, he wasn't he rude about it no? he wasn't rude about it but he was just like no usually i just get i usually just get ignored and i'm like okay i move on but I did, I've only had a straight up no like once or twice, and I'm like, no. I've gotten that too, but it also is <laughs> like it's also kind of like, oh well, he took a second to at least tell me like, no, thank you for thinking of me, but I respect that. Do. I was like, all right, cool. Um, so the the heartbreaking ones are when someone they're like, they don't give you an S, a yes, but they don't give you a no. They're like, oh yeah, I'll check it out and let you know, and then they don't get yeah. back to you. I've never had that. Still <laughs> like, hurt. It's like when you apply <laughs> for a job and then you like never hear back. Like, well, I guess I didn't get that job. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, well, no, like I hit up Craig Owens. You know, oh, you know. well, uh, yeah, I mean, Craig Owens is Chiodos. Is it uh, Chiodos? I always say it wrong, but but um, so he he wrote back and he's like, "Oh, dude, I'm a massive five ball fan. I'll check it out and get back to you." No way. Like, like, I couldn't believe he even wrote back, and then and then you know he never like got back to me after that. And then like I I sent a message to follow up. He left me on scene, you know, and I was like, oh, no. Shit. <laughs> he was on tour, though, too. So. I mean, yeah. Single anyway. tear fell from your eye. A little bit. I'll get him one day. Go on, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. So the audition, I've always, uh, I don't remember quite how I found this band, but I, I, I venture to guess that it was like along of what we've talked about that it was like a band that I liked, happened to mention them or went on tour with them, something like that. I didn't ever get to see them. This song came out when I was a senior in high school, I think. Yeah, 2009. So I was a senior in high school when this came out. And I just really love like the energy and like the the structure of the songs that, you know, it, they all have like the sound of like okay, this is like their sound, but it's not like every song is the exact same, like there's like a formula. So, uh my temperature's rising, that was one. Love with the motive. Uh, Los Angeles. I love that song, Los Angeles. Um, just like a good, I mean, just good pop punk with like a, a a singer that has a voice that is just, I don't know, it just fits with them. I don't know if like he sang for any other band, if you would even like think that his voice was like notable at all. Uh, but Danny Stevens, like he has like just like a, a signature sound. I mean, most people do, but just... The way that it fits with like the instrumentation is just always stuck out to me, and I've always really liked this band, and it's always been a band that I've always talked to people about. I feel like I talk to them a lot, and they're like, "I think I've heard the band, but I don't know." I, like, do you know? Are you familiar with the audition at all, dude? I one of those bands that you mentioned earlier. Like, I've heard their name, 
but I don't think I ever dug yeah. into them. If I did, I it's nothing popping in my head. So right. I, I just wrote it down. I'm definitely gonna check them out after we're done. Yeah, I mean they're really cool. I um I had just referenced them, so I I launched a site recently for my show. I've been meaning to for a while, and it was honestly just for a reason for me to be able to write because I like to write. Um, I've always been a fan of just like writing in general, but for maybe something I don't want to do a full episode of, or I don't have like, you know, enough to do a full episode or something. If, if I just think of something that I want to write about, then I'll just write like a piece about it. And I just wrote a piece about, um, the swellers. The swellers was a band was a band that I thought is another band kind of like, um, the audition that I thought was like, man, these guys are awesome. It's like a small band from Flint, Michigan. Um, awesome pop punk. Uh, their drummer's an animal and just, you know, ups and downsizing was just like a record that I really, really liked. Um, and then I would talk to people about it and be like, they like a lot. It was like very hit or miss. Like people that at least have heard of them, but most people haven't even heard of them, hadn't heard any of their songs. So I'm like, man. And the audition is kind of like that in a way that, you know, I talked. I would talk about them, and it would be like they would heard of heard of them, or maybe they kind of knew a song or something like that. And I'm like. The phenomenon of that is always interesting to me because I'm like, man, they're on a label with bands that are gigantic. Like, how do people not know about, like, this band? Like, I don't know. It's just always been, like, an interesting thing to me, you know, like, the people that, and something you may know is, like, super iconic to you, and then I don't know it. And that's like, you probably think the same right. thing. Like, how do you not know them? Like, it's just, that's, that's cool. one of the interesting things about music, too, that it t- has always stuck out to me. Well, there's just so much out there. And yeah. they're a band that, yeah, like you said, I w- you would be shocked that I never actually listened to, but I've always known their name, or like you said, vice versa. But there's so much to to consume, you know. Or and also, like lately, I'll be I'll be the first to admit, somewhat embarrassingly so, that I'm bad with new stuff because I take so much time listening to podcasts now. You know, I I listen to so many podcasts. It's uh, I don't know. It's like I, I'm just not keeping up with the new shit. I, I try to, but it's, it's hard for me. I'm the same, dude. I'm the same. Like, I listen to podcasts more than I listen to music now. Like, I'm in the car driving to work or something, I'm listening to a podcast. Like, I'm at work, yeah, most dude. of the time I listen to a podcast, not music. Or, like, half the time, especially now, I'm spending half the time editing my own, I have to listen to my own stupid voice half the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, uh, we could get into your second choice then. All right, so, Number four. Oh, yeah. Four. Yeah, you're going descending. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Barrier Dead. Boston hardcore band. Um, I'm going to go with the album Cover Your Track. It's actually, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're like a super, super heavy, as they call like beat down music. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's just because people people beat the shit out of each other in Moss. Oh, yeah, I never, yeah. <laughs> never looked into the, you know, actual beat down uh, phrase but that's always been an assumption but I love this band I don't know what it is uh, about them but from the moment I heard them I love them they just have these sick breakdowns and like hardcore metalcore whatever you want to call it and uh, the album cover your track the, it's, every track has a, a Tom Cruise like movie or reference wow or what, I, I don't even that. know why but like <laughs> so I got the track like the first the first track, which will be on the playlist, is called Top Gun. The next track called Vanilla Sky, Mission Impossible, Eyes Wide Shut, and so on and so forth. And 
Uh, so if you like just like the super heavy breakdowns and whatever, the Boston fucking cup guy thing, I don't know. I love that <laughs> shit. I really do. It's a, uh, it's I, a little I, bit like the band you were just, uh, not to interrupt, sorry, but it was like the, uh, the band you're talking about that had the, um, the wedding singers, uh, reference where you were like, Oh, I like that because I know this reference. So. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I was thinking you were going to say the two bands I like, but that's not what you're saying. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't even, I'm not even a big movie guy, but I do think that's cool. But I don't, I don't know. This band is pretty sick. It's definitely not for everyone. You know, it's like super heavy. But they actually, they just asked me, I had Chris, the guitarist on my podcast, and they're playing Furnace Fest, which we'll talk about later on, I'm sure. But oh, yeah. The, so Pieball's doing Furnace Fest, and they just asked me to like do their merch. That's awesome. And so I'm, I'm, I have to set it up so that the tables are side by side and it's going to be like a lot of extra work, obviously. I'm so honored. I'm like, yo, Barry or Dead just asked me to be their merch. Like, yeah, you like, one year yeah, ago, I never would have, <laughs> never would have uh, anticipated that. So that's that's really rad for me. My, my biggest dilemma is I hope I can catch their set. Oh, because yeah. Because I'll be working. You know? that, yeah, that would be kind of a bummer, man. That's but sick, that's, though. That's, yeah, yeah, it is. I can't wait. But that's the dilemma with any time you work a festival. If you have to work the table or something, you know. Or even if you're going to a festival as a fan, there's always bands you want to see playing at the same time. Yeah, you're like, it's like the Sophie's Choice of who am I going to see. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, check out Barry Dead if you're into that stuff. I'll put the song on the playlist. Hell yeah, man. It's the, uh, back then, you know, I listened to, my brother would always give me shit about all the music I listened to just because, like, we had such different tastes in music. And like just like everything was screamo to him. It doesn't matter the genre, the subgenre, who what the band was, everything is just screamo. If it was like if if, if they had one singular scream in it, it was screamo. Like Anne Berlin yeah. is screamo. I'm like, whoa, calm down, bro. Like <laughs> let's call let's, let's pump our brakes here. Slow <laughs> like, <Well> down. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, they, they definitely like get typecast a little bit of like, oh, that's just like that that's nothing music. And it's like, dude, like there's bands like that, especially like metal bands or like uh, anything that is like um, math rocky. Talked a little bit about uh, minus the bear earlier. It's like oh, people don't understand so how much. like technically gifted some like uh, some of these musicians are as far as like guitar players wise. Like guys like in Argus Burns Red, I don't know how the hell they keep time in any of their goddamn songs with all their time signature yeah. changes. Like that shit is yeah, like dude. they are basically like virtuosos in their instruments and like people just don't understand it because they're like that's just screaming dude uh minus the bear is a perfect example of that and i had i had aaron david tate who's the original drummer from minus the bear and he was on the podcast dude and he kind of answered what you just said and i always like i grew up listening to hip-hop before i ever got into any of the bands we're talking about now and it was really cool like what I learned is he took a huge part in writing the song. It was like him and one of the guitarists. They would write the songs together, which doesn't always happen. Oftentimes it'll be one guitarist or or two two of the guitarists. You know what I mean? It's not common for, you know what I mean, a, a drummer and one of the other guys to be part of it, which kind of makes sense. And then he goes, I was listening to hip hop and like Daft Punk and stuff like that. And like wow. those are like some of his, his like bigger influences. 
so it was really cool for him to like kind of tell that story. And, and I was like, I never would have thought of that, you know, but now that you say it, I could totally see it. Right? It makes you it makes listen it, to like, it a whole punk. different way. Yeah. Yeah. I love so that cool. shit. And he's one of my favorite drummers ever. Maybe my favorite uh, of this scene, at least, you know. I mean, if you go with the classic rock stuff, I can talk about different drummers, but you get what I'm saying. He's amazing. Right, man. Not to not to pull at that th- uh, minus the bear thread too much, but I, I watched the rig rundown on with the the guitarist from minus the bear, and just the way that they pull out pull off some of those damn songs live. I'm like, what the fuck? Like he had like four DL fours all on his board, and he's like doing this weird thing where he's like having to like trigger one with one foot and the other with another foot. And I'm like, this motherfucker's dancing and playing the guitar. Like it's crazy. All right. So you brought up a really good point there. Um, when I talked to Aaron, he was talking about the song drilling. It's on the album main of El Oso. It's the green one. That's like on a beach or whatever. Yeah. But he said when he, he and the guitarist were, writing the song, he was playing the entire song on his pedal. And he said, Aaron was like, okay, that's fucking weird. I don't know how the other guys are going to take it, but let's do it. And they just did it, and, and that became the song Drilling. So, you brought up a perfect point. Yeah, you, that was... You, are you a musician? Uh, I played a little bit, yeah. I played, um, actually just recently, I was talking to Aid about it a little bit. I hadn't played in like 10 years, but the one thing that finally got me to come to like play live again was uh, the 20 year anniversary for Bleed American. I got together some buddies that are local musicians and we we played Bleed American cover to cover. We we're like singing harmonies on all on all the songs and like it was pretty fun. At that's so cool. Local bar here in, in Oklahoma City, but that that must have been a blast, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty sick, dude. But it was fun. But yeah, I uh, I have such a respect for guys like that too, especially technically like. I think the, in the rig rundown, he talks specifically about the song Pachuca Sunrise, which I always thought, like, how the fuck do they play that live? And it was just cool to be like, finally have that question answered, and it's just batshit crazy how they do it. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Legendary band. Yeah. I wish Aaron was still in the band, but, you know, everyone could do what they get to do. Say it is what it is. Um, but, right. um, yeah, what's your, what's your number say, yeah, four, I think, brother? I think it's on me. I will do... <laughs> Okay, this might be one that we have, that we mutually have. I don't know, but it's Thursday full collapse. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Sorry, if I, I, can <laughs> I can adjust. I can adjust. As I say, we I, I can almost like just from the last couple minutes talking, I'm like, I bet we're gonna have crossover on yeah, this one. We we knew it was gonna happen. I mean, it's your Thursday is a band that you can listen to. I don't think it's one of those ones. I have this this phenomenon. And I'm not just trying to shit on bands, but, you know, you hear that term, your favorite band's favorite band. And a lot of the times, like, I specifically done that. Speaking of Jimmy World, I did that with Jim Adkins. That I'd hear him talk about bands that he liked. And I'm like, oh, shit, well, I love Jimmy World, and these guys influenced Jimmy World. Let me go check it out. And I can't, for the life of me, I can't think of the band that was, but I remember listening to him and be like, yeah, this isn't for me. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just kind of gutted, almost, because you're like... Man, it's influenced him so much that he made this piece of art that affected me in such a way that it's just crazy that I don't resonate with the thing that inspired him to do that. But at the same time, I think Thursday is one of those bands in a lot of ways that transcends that because hugely influential in their scene. And I think even today, if if someone were to find Thursday, 
it wouldn't be one of those. It would not be that case is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. They're just very dynamic. Uh, that album is just a staple. I mean, I think you, I don't know if you talk to anybody about that album and there's anyone that doesn't like that album. Um, yeah, but yeah. We, we had crossover on it, man. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? I don't want to hog it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great choice. It was on my list, but I'm ready and prepared to adjust. <laughs> I had I had Tucker Rule, who another, we were talking about drummers. He's one of my favorite drummers too, uh, maybe top three. You know, he he was on my podcast and told the story about getting arrested with piebalds. All all like everyone in Thursday and everyone in piebalds all went down to the station together back in back in the day. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a fun fun one, and. Yeah, like, but that album, Full Collapse, I mean, the first song I heard was Understanding in a Car Crash, I think, like, most people. And, you know, there, what was the name? Oh, it was Waiting, was the, the full full length they released before that. Mm-hmm. I didn't discover that until after Full Collapse. So Same. I think, like, a lot of people, you know, that was, like, really, I mean, that was everything for them, uh, as far as them just kind of getting on the map. And But even, this might sound weird, but like even the the little interlude in the beginning of the the album, it's like A zero zero one or whatever it's called. It's like some binary code or something. Mm-hmm. Like even that interlude, I don't know what's going on exactly in there, but I think that sounds amazing. And then a kit and, and the way that it just transitioned and kicked right into a car crash. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, that album is incredible. You know, one of the best shows I've ever been to till this day. I've seen Thursday I mean, several times, but. I remember a show. It was, it was, they were touring with Bryce and Coheed and Cambria. Wow, what a bill! And for all three bands, they had released their sophomore albums, or they were touring on the release of that album, or oh, that's about cool. to release that album. So yeah, so like the show opened up with Coheed, who had gone from Second Stage Turbine Blade, which was their first album. And they were releasing In Keeping Secret. Thrice, they were dropping... Oh, it was their third album, sorry. Thrice was dropping... Um, How appropriate for Thrice to drop their third album. <laughs> well, for Thrice, it was um, uh, Artists in the Ambulance. And Thursday was touring on War All the Time. But I remember, like, I mean, what a lineup. Just bang, Yes, bang, bang, that's bang. a bill, man. Cohe came out, and nobody had really heard of them much at that time. Like, I, I had... Like, Oh, you know what I mean? But they just came out and opened up with that first song, Often Keeping Secrets. And just, Shit. They just set the tone, man. And yeah, that, that, till this day, that's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Uh, I remember seeing Thursday with Boys in the Well, which is an awesome, awesome show. I don't know if you're into them, but yeah, uh, that album was a really big deal for me. What, what's your favorite song off that album if you had to pick, aside from Car Crash, maybe, so if you had to pick another one? Um, I think the other one was Cross Out the Eyes that I liked. That song was huge. That's a great one. I always liked the, the song Paris and Flames. You know, I, I played drums a little bit, and me and my friends would jam, and we would always try to cover that song. I mean, we would fuck it up, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's got a nice, it's got a thick groove to it. Right. Um, I don't know. That, yeah, that album's just fire, man, front to back. Uh, that's, a, that's another one, too, where it's like, if people were to hear like maybe one of the songs and it kind of typecast it as like being racket or being like noise. And it's like, (laughs) they were doing shit that was so dynamic 
in each song yeah. where you could find something in each song where you're like, wow, I wonder how they thought of that. That's the kind of shit that I geek out about where I'm like, man, that is so cool. Um, even yeah, like that intro thing, no one was really like in that genre. That was a cool thing to see that kind of that intro track fading into that first like kick. Like I loved, I've always loved that kind of stuff. Like the uh, albums that kind of flow together like that. The the one that I could think of is made the Everglow that is just like you play it front to back and it's just like every song connects and leads into the next song. I've always loved that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. We're doing a Pieball, We're doing a show with Thursday. Uh, Ooh, like two weeks, not even. Dude, that's I right. Wait, man, it's like a dream show for me. Hell a yeah, dude. My favorite band. Yeah, but all right, where are we here? Okay, I just I took that full collapse from you. You did. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I can figure it out. All right. Uh, so my number three, I'm going to go with the band Bayside, and I'm a huge Bayside fan. The, the hardest part for me was just picking an album. It's either going to be either their self-titled or Walking Wounded. Uh, they're both amazing, but I think I'll go with self-titled. Uh, I think it came out in 2005, I want to say. And, you know, um, Victory has put out a bunch of albums for them. They put out Sirens and the Dolces. They put out the self-titled, like I said. They put out The Walking Wounded. They put out Shudder. Um, I don't know if they're still, or if Bayside's still with them, but I just saw uh, Bayside since it failed in Boston last week or the week before. Very sick. That's They're a nice on tour right too. now. Yeah, it's called 21 Years of Bad Luck Tour. Yeah, so Hawthorne Heights is on that bill as well. And the Bomb Pops. I had never heard of them, and I was really excited to check them out. But um, So I had Gavin from Census Fail on the podcast, and he, he put me on the guest list which was super rad of him, wow. right? I was like, wow, that's an honor. Thanks, dude. But unfortunately, dude, so uh, I had to work the bar that day. So, uh, but like into the like early evening. So by the time I got to the show, I was walking in as Hawthorne Heights was playing Ohio is for Lovers, which is which they're, you know, they were closing out with that song. So I missed the Bomb Pops in Hawthorne Heights, but that was, that was a great show. It was nice to be at a concert again. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to go to a show recently? Yeah, we did. Um, so I did go to not like a main, like a big, like headliner, um, like a proper venue um, show. We did. So we did the Jimmy World thing, and then um, there's a couple of my buddies are in a band um, that I went and I went and caught them. Um, the name of the band's Beach Language, is a local band here in Oklahoma City. But man, even like no matter the scale, like just being able to be back and seeing live music was just like fucking amazing. Like I'm like, thank God. Like I think Blue October just played here at the the I recorded at a theater here in Oklahoma City. And I, I believe that like just a couple days ago, Blue October played here. So that was cool. Cool man. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. I was just curious. But Bayside, man, Bayside's amazing and. The singer Anthony Ranieri, they're all from like Long Island, New York, with the exception of their guitarist, Jack O'Shea, who's also been on the podcast, uh, <laughs> but he's a killer guitarist, and, you know, it, they're just a, you know, I I almost want to call them pop punk, but they're not, you know, it's it's, it's just hard to categorize certain bands, you know, like they're not yep. pop punk, but, but they're not. I don't know, indie? You know, it's just hard to say. But they're not pop punk, but they're not not pop punk. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, yeah, man. 
there we have it's that hard. we have that man i uh I, I talked to Nate a little bit about this but we did a, a series last year i had um my buddies come on and you might have seen it but it was a i did a series last march it was called march sadness and we did a it was a march madness style so 64 um awesome. band bracket i did see that <laughs> and so yeah i had different i did five episodes that month and had different people on every like uh round to kind of whittle down uh, the winner and uh yeah that was like um the hugest point of contention is like, what is emo? And I mean, we're damn near getting in screaming matches at some point, like on the shit of like, this isn't emo. Like, why would you even consider this is pop punk? Like, and it's just funny, like the passion that people bring to that kind of conversation where it's like, I don't know. I've always been kind of like, well, why can't it be both? Like that kind of guy, you know, like the middle of the road kind of guy. I'm like, eh, I can see both sides. But well, that's you know, always been a big discussion, and especially if, if you talk to anyone that likes this genre of music, pop punk, emo, like that kind of stuff, it's that's always a big discussion of like where where do they fall really, you know? So I've always thought that was interesting. It's super interesting, and I always have a really hard time, you know, labeling these things. Like I mentioned, Barrier Dead earlier, and they're considered metalcore if you go on there, like Wikipedia, like. I don't know, to me it's hardcore, but what's the fucking deal? I mean, I know metal is more like guitar shreddy and stuff. I don't know. Like, but I feel like everyone also has their own definition oftentimes because like Piebald could be considered emo, but I don't know if those guys consider themselves emo. But I just had Matt Fryer of the Get Up Kids on and he was talking, and they're pretty widely considered emo, I would say. And he was like, I wish it wasn't called emo, you know? Because like, it should just be called like sincere or like super sincere. And he said some like way, way better than I could say. <laughs> it was interesting to hear his perspective. It know? is. I mean, the connotation is kind of negative. Like the perception is it's like, I watch, uh, <laughs> the, I watch like a lot of, um, just garbage TV, honestly. But, um, I just like it, but there's a show, the OC was like a teen drama that I liked whenever I was, um, in high school. And, there's a girl that talks about um, an emo band that her boyfriend likes. And she's like, it just sounds like an acoustic guitar and a lot of complaining. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's what everyone <laughs> thinks that emo is, dude. Like, really? <laughs> that's actually hilarious. Oh, yeah, it killed me. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think she's talking about it was Ben Gibbard. So she's talking about, like, Death Cab or something, I think. That's so funny. But I was like, oh, my God. It's just a funny, like. Like, that's a perfect, you know, way someone who, like, from the outside of the world would see it. Yeah. The, the emo world. That's hilarious. Yeah. So. Man. One, uh, was it one guitar? A guitar and a bunch of complaining. Like, oh, my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Well, yeah, uh, definitely they side check them out. Did that, have, uh, uh, that was the album that had Devotion and Desire on it? It is. Yeah. It Devotion and Desire. Okay, and they close is. out. I've seen them probably. I mean, I dated a girl, like, a while back who like she was the one who got me into them. This was probably 2007. So like she got me into Bayside. I got her into Pieball, which is a great trade. We both still love those bands. Bayside has like a, a cult. They even have an album called like cult. And like they have this bird logo. She has like the bird tattooed on her and stuff. Um, just a super strong, strong following. But, and I've seen them again, probably like 20 times between dating her and up until now 
too. Like they close out every single show with devotion and desire. Yeah. Like, and it's rightfully so. That song is it's going to be on the playlist for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, the shout out. My buddy Zach is like I'm one of those. You know, whenever you like you think, oh, I like that band pretty good. And then you meet someone that, like, they fuck with that band. And you're like, oh, like, I only casually like this band. Like, you've shown me what someone that loves this band is like. Like, he, Bayside is, those are his guys. He, and so he's he, in the uh, cult. Yeah, like, he's from, he's yeah. from California. And I think they've, he, every time, he, I think he was saying every time they come to California, he's like, had seen the, had driven however distance he needed to see these guys. I Shut think that they that. did, I think they did like a, um, I just, that was another smaller show that I got to see. He played like a, a set at like this art festival where my buddy Zach did. He played a set at a, uh, at an arts festival here in the city. And I went and caught him at that. And he played, I want to say, I might get this wrong, but I think that Bayside maybe did a cover of like a Smoking Popes song or no, Smoking definitely, Popes. Yes, yeah, definitely. And That's so he, Anthony Vernieri's favorite band. Yeah. yeah. So he did yeah. that guy, you know, Zach's super into Bayside, so he would know that Anthony's band is smoking popes and it was just yeah. like a very cool thing to see him do this song like that meant a lot to him because it meant a lot to the guy that writes music that was so inspiring to him. That's what I love it just I love to hear about the music that people that means a lot to people and why it means a lot to them. And that was just like a cool moment to get to see him play that song live. Like it was, that's the thing I yeah. love about live music, man. It was really neat. Yeah. There's nothing like it, man. Yeah. Okay, What's your number three, brother? See where are we at? My number three. Okay. I'm, this is one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, and I was so, I was lucky enough to have Shane told on my show, but it's a uh, Silverstein's discovering the waterfront. Nice, man. Um, dude, you should, have you uh, had him on yet? Have you had Shane on? No, I've, but I already talked to him. He's coming on. It's, Sick. It's, dude, Shane is awesome. Like he, yeah, he, he reminds me of me. Just like, like his, I don't know. Just, he's got this energy that I, I really appreciate. Um, that guy's like, I know when I say he reminds me of me, like, I know I'm going to get along with him really well. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah, like when those when the vibe you're like okay yeah we're gonna yeah. we're gonna be thickest themes. Yeah, he's got good energy. Yeah, he's cool, man. Um, been like I said, I've been lucky enough to have him on twice. Like I'm shocked that he came on once, and then I asked him an, another time during the prop the pandemic proper. Like, hey, dude, I want to check in on how some of my buds are doing and like what they've been up to during the the lockdown. And he was cool enough to talk to me again. Like that was really cool, but. Discovering the Waterfront, man, um, just a great album. And I actually didn't even realize that it was on Victory, to be honest with you. I was like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, uh, Call It Karma, I fucking love that song. So goddamn good. Your Sword versus My Dagger, um, The Ides of March. I mean, he's just, there's just, it's just banger after banger on that album. Um, and one of my favorite Canadian bands, if I'm being honest with you. Oh, this that reminds me of something that you said earlier. It's a little adjacent, a little, a little bit of a, little bit of a tangent here. One of the ways I'd found a band that I'd liked. Speaking of uh, Canadian bands, is that I used to be obsessed with like figuring out how bands would play a song. Other than like looking up the tabs, I would like to watch videos of bands playing songs and see like the chord structures and like how they play it. And so I watched a, uh, I was really big into Emory at this time. 
And um, I watched right. a video of them playing Ponytail Parades, one of my favorite songs by them. And in the video, one of the guitarists is wearing an Alexis on Fire shirt, and I'd never heard of that band. And I remember finding that band from that dude wearing a shirt in a video that, like, I wasn't even there. It was just was like a video that was on YouTube. And I was, like, trying to learn the song, and I, like, found this band that I really like, and then... I don't know. It's just like another testament to what you're yeah. saying earlier. Like you see a dude, like it's like a walking billboard. Like they have a band shirt on. You're like, who's that? And you check them yeah, out. That's how you found music back then. But but you said it better than me. Walking billboard. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, man. Um, Silver scene. I mean, I like. I honestly, there's at least, probably at least one song on every album they've put out that I like. But discovering the waterfront, man, that is very much my shit. Um, were you super? Were you in the silver scene at all, or? So what I will say is they like when they joined Drive Through, that was kind of like it was it almost like it's almost like they started a different generation of drive through. So like I remember them coming on, but like when I was in the drive through it was like the fans, the starting line, uh Lupon Corey was in the minute, um November and so like but it was one of those things where I I remember seeing their name and checking out their songs and I dug it. But then I like I I like rediscovered them later. Oh, and I, right. I, I always felt guilty about that because it was just, I like jumping into their music because it, I don't know at the time I don't, it was like Drive Through had their own little uh, I don't you know what it was I think it was the Drive Through stage at Warp Tour that got me going to those Warp Tours in the early two thousands right and I would just. I would just post up there and just watch all these bands play back to back to back. So, to your point, or to answer your question, I got into them later. Uh, I love, uh, I, I always seem to be, not even um, intentionally, I, I love the first track of albums. I seem to be partial to a strong opener. So, my favorite song off that album would definitely be uh, Sword vs. My Dagger. Oh, yeah, that song, man, that song goes for sure. But I, I don't. What what is that though? Because almost every album I listen to, the the first track is either my favorite or or one of my favorites. I wonder if it. You know, it's it, we're in a little bit of a different time right now as far as like the intentionality and the reason people structure things a certain way. Like we're in the era of singles now. You know what I mean? People are just people aren't putting out a whole album a lot of times now. It's just like, hey, I got a new single out. Check it out on Spotify. At that time, man, whenever you're consuming music, it's the record. Like, you have to buy the record to get all the songs. Yeah. And the song that you like is on there. But I think a lot of those bands were probably leading with their best foot. Like, let's get the banger out off top. Let's put that number one. Um, you're right. That could be some I of feel it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like track three was always a strong one, too. That's, yeah. On most like, CDs. Mm -hmm. uh, but I always, I'm always partial to, like, a really strong opener and a really strong closer. That, yeah. That's one thing that that I know like most of my favorite songs from bands is either the first or the last song on their TV. Yeah. Interesting. And my buddy, uh, yeah, and he's got a, not that he needs a plug because his podcast is huge. Oh yeah. Lead singer syndrome is, uh, Shane's podcast is really rad. And he's got, he's had some freaking awesome guests on there. So shout out to Shane, man. He's awesome. My, yeah, uh, yeah. I have a buddy, Blake Fisher that, uh, does a podcast as well. It's called finding emo. And oh, do. I've heard of that dude. Oh, really? I haven't. I, I, I've definitely heard of it. I don't think I got to check it out, but now I'm going to have to. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Blake. Um, 
yeah, he'd be really fun to have on too. If you ever want to talk to him, I can uh, shoot you his uh, contact info, but he, uh, they do a track by track, like kind of talking about, um, he always says it's uh, about albums from the early aughts and thereabouts that are like pop punk emo, you know, type of, type of records. And, um, his, his big thing, I think it's Blake's is that he, uh, he, he's a big, uh, penultimate song, uh, guy. So he's like, I want to, I want the second, the last song to be the, to be a banger on it, on an, on a record. And so that's always second been like, last- a, yeah, like it's always a, that's been an interesting thing that I've never really thought about, but that's like his, I believe it is Blake, but one of the guys' things is like, yeah, close with a good one, but that second to last song is like winding it down is basically getting you ready to end the album. So that's an important song for that reason. And I'm like, holy shit, I never thought of that before. Well, dude, um, do, you, do you remember making like mixed CDs? Yeah. I mean, that, if, if you made one, like I used to make them for my girlfriends and stuff or whatever, or even I would make a CD for a friend. Like it's what I'm into. But wh- this is the way I see musicians putting the thought into it. It's going to be the same process, right? You like, you, you got to have a strong opener. You got to have a strong closer. You can't put two slower songs back to back. So you got to really, there's a lot of thought. There's a lot of thought that would go into making those. Mix- so you were making, you were making it for somebody, dude. Like you really, you know, and I would, I would sit there and look and like, really, ah, I'm going to switch this up. Last minute, you know, it's, like, it's, it's an art in itself. dude. It's true. Yeah. They do a, in that show too, one of the guys does a, uh, a mix it's he it, every album they talk about each song and everything and when they get to a song uh, a particular song that a guy likes he calls it a mixtape must and it's like a song that you would put on a mixtape to make out to like to make out to or like something like that um but i'm like oh that's so funny <laughs> that's so true and it's such like a sign of like that time yeah it's like oh that's so <laughs> like so true that you would pick out this song and like let's put it on this like uh, compilation of like Here's how to get to know my taste in music, or I really like you, so I'm putting this, you know, this playlist together of songs to tell you that I like you because I'm too much of a chicken shit to actually tell you that I like you. <laughs> like, yeah, that was just like yeah. a whole vibe back then, man. Like for sure. <laughs> yeah, you get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. But that was, but for someone like you or I, who, you know, music is like everything in a lot of ways. You know, it's a it was a way to express myself and. Any girlfriend I've, you know, given one of those CDs to, they loved, they loved it, you know, because it, like, I would write out the track list and actually, like, I would write a little notice, like, why I like the song, you know what I mean, or something like that, and, yeah, but, uh, you mentioned Emery, I just had Matt Carter on, nice. and they, they got a, they got a new album that, it just dropped, or, no, it's about to drop, I think, the 19th, I'd but, seen that they were working on one, yeah, I think I followed them on Instagram. So, yeah, so I should give them a shout up because they were nice enough. They the world premiere of their first single, Concussion, was on my podcast. Oh, yeah, that was that was like unexpected. He just like really enjoyed talking to me. He said he was like, "Dude, you're a really cool guy. Why don't we just why don't we just um, premiere it on your podcast?" Because I I always put like you know like songs and stuff on the on the show too. And yeah, I was like, uh, "Yeah, that's absolutely," <laughs> you know. <laughs> What if, what if you what if you'd been like nah? nah. <laughs> well, no, it was his idea. Yeah, that's pretty rad, dude. That is I, really I, rad. I just like after we stopped recording, I was like, just so you know, I always play song clips. Is there anything in particular, you know, you want me to play? Or and he was like, oh well, we got this new single coming out, and it was coming out like a week later, 
but I was I was like, I mean, we could premiere it on the podcast. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, it was, I was like half kidding. And, right. And, you know, it's crazy like how, not that the numbers like matter so much, but that and then the, the fact that they like really, really pushed it too. Like it, it like it beat Chris Caraba and like all, sometimes you just don't expect it, but Emery's awesome, man. Like, yeah. Shout out to them. Real nice and, guys uh, too. Real nice guys. Super um, nice. Same, same values as, as like, uh, Check out their new album. Well, by the time out. this episode is out, that album will be out. Sick, man. Yeah, and they, that... they recorded it live, too, which is unique. Oh, yeah. So that yeah. is different. I um, Check it out. I actually just, for the first time, you know, I was telling you I learned that song. That was back in high school. I was learning Ponytail Parades. Um, nice. And uh, I only recently, I think two years ago, they did a 10-year anniversary tour with Hawthorne Heights. It was the weeks, a uh, week's end with Emery and uh, Silence in Black and White by Hawthorne Heights. They were both turning That's ten, and it. they did a co-headlining tour. And I saw them when they came to Oklahoma City. I went and caught them, and I'd never seen them live before, and they fucking ripped. That's so rad. Yeah, it was awesome, dude. Like I'm so glad That's I got to see cool. them. Like that was really cool. That's so cool, dude. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was tight. Um, okay, that uh, so Silver Steam is mine. Uh, what do you got All next right. on the list? So, my number two was going to be Full Collapse. However, I had a feeling that you were going to pick that. Plus, it's really hard for me to choose between War Collapse, like War Full Collapse and War All the Time. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going War All the Time. I know we already talked about Thursday, but. These guys swap the them out. <laughs> That's right. I have them both written down because I honestly couldn't decide. So when you when you said that, it was easy for me to be like, "Oh, I got a backup. Don't worry." But yeah, I mean, the album War all the time is just next level, man. Um, they that when I talked to Tucker, he said that was the, the first time that they like when they recorded Full Collapse. I remember he was saying just like they were really rushed because they didn't have as much money to record it and stuff and. I want to say he said he was like really sick. There were like a thousand halls, like um, you know, little rappers all around. Oh, him yeah. Because they, they they didn't have much money, and they had like three days to record it. And I'm pretty sure he did all those tracks in like a day or something. Shit. And I'm like, how, like how did that even come out the way it did? That's insane. He's like, yeah. So, but for War all the time, he was just saying that they had like they really could take their time. They had a bigger budget and all that, and, and it opens with the track for the workforce drowning in which i mean just what a banger dude and uh, just the entire album i mean those i love everything thursday has done but those two albums that we've been talking about are just near and dear to my heart you know yeah dude i'm super jealous that you're about to get to see them too like i need to god i need to see them like I, i'm bummed about bands i never got to see that either they're getting it's getting to where maybe they're not going to tour anymore or they've broken up. And I'm like, fuck man. Like, dude, you should come to furnace fest. All these bands we've been talking about are playing. Like, Emory playing. You know? I follow like the, I followed them on Instagram and it was like, um, do it. They would be like, every time they make an announcement, I was like, fuck, like Ju- I saw Juliana theory was going to be there. And like, yeah, man, May's going to be there. I'm a big fan of May. I was just like, fuck. they just added Anthony green yesterday. <sighs> Don't, Don't tell me that. Dana. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me that. Dude, come down, man. Ooh. It's going to be the <laughs> festival of a, of a lifetime. For Dude, sure. it does sound like it's going to be sick for sure. 
But yeah, I would go Thursday War all the time. That's my number two. Dude, yeah, shout out Thursday for sure, man. I uh, I saw them with Taking Back Sunday. Probably this is 2011. I want to say in New Hampshire, they did it. So it was a little bit later, or in the middle of their careers, and that was cool just to see like these two bands I love forever. Like, you know, same show. That was that was really sick. Yeah, me and Nate talked about that a little bit. It was like, man, there was something in the water up there in like New Jersey, New York area that like yep. all these bands came out of there. Like, Dude, um, I've been saying that Long Island in particular, man. When I talked to Eddie from Taking Back Sunday on the podcast, I said to him, I said, "Dude, what is there something in the water in Long Island? What is it? Because brand new has come out of there. Taking Back Sunday, obviously, Vinnie Caruana and like the movie life has come out of there. Um, Incendiary, and th- there's so many." From out of the ashes, I mean, all these older hardcore bands. This is so many. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, dude. I was, was gonna make a water joke about Flint, Michigan earlier, but I, I, <laughs> oh shit! I literally I thought that whenever I saw the Swellers <laughs> were from there, I'm like, oh shit! They're talking about that. They named their band after the pipes there, the Swellers. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Uh, there's definitely like something going on up there because it's just crazy how many like bands came out from there for sure. I'm like. Wow, like, yeah, that dude. is so rad. Um, What's your your number two? I say, speaking of speaking of that area, um, another band Uh-oh. that I got to see in a really small venue. Actually, I saw them in the exact same venue that I saw Hawthorne Heights and uh, Emory at. Um, it's this real small room called 89th Street. At the time, it's called the Conservatory, but it's super small. And the show hardly anyone was at, but it was Straylight Run. But they're self-titled. Nice pick. Yep. And um, yep. so speaking of uh, speaking of taking back Sunday and those guys, um, just like such a solid, solid band that I wish, man, I wish they would have kept doing stuff, man. Like it was really rad to get to see them on that tour in that room. Like it was one of those things where you're like, wow. Like looking back at it now, I'm like, I am really glad that I got to do that at that time. Like that is so cool. Um, special. That that album, of course, existentialism on prom night was a big one on that album. But they had a song called "Mistakes We Were Making," uh, or "Mistakes We Knew We Were Making" on that record that I thought was really cool, man. Like, and it was like yeah. a cool, it was like a cool crossover thing because um, I, I'm trying to remember if that was the line that was from a Dave Eggers book, but I do know that um, I I talked about earlier May. May also had a song on the Everglow called Mistakes We Knew We Were Making. And so I always just thought that that was neat that I liked two bands that had such a, the, like a song of that exact same name. Like I just, I always thought that was just like a neat little fact. But yeah, man. Um, and they rip live, of course. Like it was just such a great show. And I was just like, seriously, it was like two feet from the stage watching them. It was like a surreal thing to be able to, be looking him in the face while he's singing existentialism on prom night, like while playing it. I'm like, wow, am I, it's like one of those out of body things where you're like, am I even fucking here right now? Like, this is crazy. I've heard this song like yeah. a million times. That's so cool. Straight light. Yeah. Straight light. Is, they're great pick. Yeah. I, I almost, I almost put them on my list. <laughs> here, but I talked I, about, I, uh, talked about doing a thing. I kind of like, uh, kicked around the idea of doing an episode where it was like, we tried to decide what the best like spin-off band from Taking Back Sunday was. So it'd be like 
talking all about taking back Sunday, brand new, straight light run, like all those bands, you know? Yeah. Have you had Eddie on? I haven't. Oh, I, I, you said you were talking to him though? Yeah, dude, he, that would be really cool. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I mean, he, he started he started the movie life. I mean, that, <laughs> that guy's done so... Yeah. He's done so much. Uh, he, that would be... I mean, it's brand, the brand new is the answer. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying for, it'd be uh, fun answer. to talk about. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because right, right. I, I agree, man. <laughs> and I talk about them and, you know, the big, the, they have like their big songs. And, of course, like the song Jesus Christ is one that a lot of people know. But yeah, the, no, the every, thing that's... Every song that they, everything those guys did. Exactly. fucking gold, man. Like it's gold. And that's why I tell, talk to people about one of the other things that's so special to me about music. That things that stick out to me are about songs and lyrics and stuff is when people can put something, can articulate something or like a, it, it put into words a feeling that you have felt before where you've been like, wow, like I have thought that I, that's exactly how I feel. And I never knew how to say it. And I think about that all the time when I hear brand new, cause I think what, in Jesus Christ where he's like, I'm not scared to die, but I'm a little bit scared of what comes after. Like what I'll float through mm-hmm. the ceiling or I get a golden chariot, what I'll float through the ceiling. Because yeah, I think it just maybe it hits a little different since I grew up in the church and everything and have since left the church. And it's like, it's one of those like deeply personal things where I'm like, fuck, like I think about that all the time. Like I think this, I went a good portion of my life thinking this thing was going to happen and now I'm not sure. And then for him to put it in such that way, I'm like, fuck, like it just hits completely different in that way. You know what I mean? What's the other one? It's like some men just die. Um, Shit, yeah, what is that? The men, uh, goes some the men just die to get old, some die looking for a hand to hold something. I, I fucking butchered it, man, but it's pretty <laughs> much pretty much what it is. Uh, no, some the men die under the mountain looking for gold, some just die looking for a hand to hold. That's, that's it, it. That's yeah. It. But and that's all we're just talking lyrics, never mind the music. It's uh, yeah, they're, I mean, they're the best, it's, yeah, they're the best. All right, yeah, well, I don't have to do that episode now. You're right. No, <laughs> it really, I mean, we did, we talked about, I think that's probably why we didn't end up doing it, because I was like, well, can you really say it's Straight Light Runs better than... Brand, it's still a fun new, conversation. And know. you don't even have to, you don't even have to rank it. You can just talk about... The great know, things about it. Yeah. I just like it. I don't know, it's just fun. All right. All right, well, you got it. I do, uh, I do got to mention, we were talking about Thursday. Oh, yeah. Uh, Victory Records also put out Five Stories Falling, which was just, it was just an EP in between um, Full Collapse and War All the Time. I think it was all, it was like five tracks or something, and I think it was like four live tracks, but then it ends with the song Jet Black New Year, which is my favorite Thursday song ever. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that. I was to say, yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Oh shit, it says it was produced by Sal Villanueva. That's crazy. Dude, Jet Black New Year shit. They always play it live now. They never used to. Well, they they would once in a while. I'm pretty sure they always close with it now because it's just become all of a sudden like a, a cult favorite and a fan favorite. Yeah, dude, I love that. I love those songs like that too. That kind of take the life of their own. They um right. the same guy the same guy that produced that did produce Full Collapse, but he also did uh Tell All Your Friends, Taking Back Sunday. Same guy produced both albums. Speaking of which. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm at my number one here. 
Oh, go ahead. And I'm, I'm, it's taking back Sunday for sure. And I, I don't want to take yours. I don't know, but and I honestly, I wrote down tell all your friends and where you want to be. I love them both with all my heart. God, it's so uh, fucking it's good. So hard to, it's so hard to pick one. But I, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick tell all your friends just based off of how important it was to me coming up. I mean, like, so I saw them in high school in, in 2002 or 2003. I think it was, no, it was 2002. And dude, it was wow, taking that's... back Sunday. Yeah, this was early on, man. It was a radio show. It wasn't even a tour. It was a random radio show. And it was the local radio station. They had taking back Sunday, Cody and Cambria, and My Chemical Romance. Wow. And, and all three bands only had, I still have the ticket stub somewhere from my Ticketmaster or whatever. And all three bands only had their first albums out. So My Chemical Romance, they only had that, it was like a seven song EP. It's like, I'll give you my bullets and you give yeah. me revenge or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then Coheed only had second stage turbines laid out. That was when I discovered them. I didn't know them, but there were, there were some psycho like Coheed fans there that somehow just knew how good they were from the beginning. <laughs> they were, then, they were they, in at the beginning. <laughs> for real, dude. And then Taking Back Sunday played, they played all of Tell All Your Friends that night, the entire album. Fuck, that's awesome. And I remember, man, because Adam came out and like they were one of the first things he said on stage. He goes, he goes, I don't know why we're playing after Coheed and Cambria. He goes because this band, I'm telling you, they're way better than us, and they're going to be way bigger than us. I can promise you that wow. right now. This band is on like the next big thing. Holy shit! And then what ended up happening was they played their set. And this is, it was at the Axis in Boston. It was a small club right behind Fenway Park. And it's not open anymore. It's kind of turned into like part of the House of Blues. But so, you know, they, they leave the stage and everyone's going, one more song, one more song. They came out and they played the song Head Club, which they never fucking play live. It was the only time I saw them play that live until they did the Tell All Your Friends reunion call later, which is the last song on Tell All Your Friends, right? And then we're also going, one more song. And they go, all right, all right. We know one more, but like, it's literally the only other song that we know. So like, please, like, thank you. We love you. But like, no more, one more song chance after this, because we don't know any. <laughs> and they played the SOS cover by the, the you know, uh, the cover by the police that they did. And then, and then that was it. But so that was the first time I saw that. And that was very memorable. Because when they did do the, the, what do you call it? The tell all your friends reunion tour it was like the 10 year anniversary I saw that in Boston and they came out and they were like I was like way up in the balcony but Adam's like I don't know if any of you remember but 10 years ago we played at a small little club probably like only a few of you were here and then like they talked about the show that I was just talking about I was up in the balcony like e like you know it was it was really special and also like that is so John cool. Nolan was back at that time and stuff so it was just uh I love Taking Back Sunday. I love everything that they do. You know, I, I I wish Eddie was still in the band, but you know, shit happens. Yeah, dude, it's just. I mean, that's definitely we talked about Sophie's Choice earlier. I mean, the, both of those albums are so fucking good for different reasons. But yeah. 
I mean, fuck, dude. Cute without the E. Um, no I and Teen. Great romances. Nope. Like, yeah. there's not a fucking song on there that you that you could like cut. Like, it's all just it's banger after banger, dude. Like, so goddamn good. And we, uh, I, I talked to you about the, um, I talked to you about that uh, bleed American thing that I did with the my oh, yeah. my buddies playing it live. I want to do the same thing next year for. Uh, for um, tell all your friends like I want to do that same thing where we like we all come together and we all sing like harmonies and like that was like what we did for that Jimmy World show we were like kind of switching out lead singers and everybody else was coming in singing harmony uh, doing backup like all kinds of stuff like I want to do that same exact thing for tell all your friends like and would so it would just be like like a ton of fun man like it would be awesome but, dude, yeah, Take Mac Sunday, they kill live, too. Adam swinging that damn mic. I always think he's going to break his goddamn nose. Like, Dude, and he told the story. I had to ask him. I'm like, did, did Adam ever hit you with a microphone? He goes, oh, yeah. And he, he like, pulled, like, his lip aside. He had, like, teeth missing. <laughs> Holy he's shit. Like, yeah, he's, like, so he's knocked out teeth. He, he's uh, one of, I forget who, but someone else got, like, knocked out cold. Or so, like, I, yeah, like, <laughs> shit. I was like, because I was thinking, there's no way. And there's no way. He didn't hit somebody. I'm sure he hit himself, you know. But I, uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, he's I was one of the say, greatest uh, performers and great frontman front of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you beat, you, you, you beat me to is exactly what I was going to say. I saw them Where on the uh, the new again. I think it was the that's the tour I saw them on. Um, they were on tour with Anne Berlin. I remember, and yeah. um, that was the first time I ever got to see him live. And he's doing all the spins. He, he like into the song. Where like the the mic wrapped the cord around itself around his neck, and I was like, "How did he not just break his own fucking teeth out? Like this is crazy." Didn't brand new yeah. do shirts that were like mics are for singing, not for swinging? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit. But, uh, that shit killed me. He doesn't. He doesn't do the throat thing anymore. I, I remember asking Eddie about it. He was just like, "Ah, oh, he's too old. He needs that oxygen flow." He <laughs> <laughs> like was making a joke. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that was a they freaking rip live. That's a great. That is a great final. Eden, you didn't step on my final choice, so that was a perfect final okay, choice. Cool. Um, cool. Well, yeah, man. So I guess we'll close out my final choice. Uh, we've talked about we've talked about them kind of all night, and it was a uh, you know the band that got me into Victory Records, Hawthorne Heights, Silence, and Black and White. Um, I mean, just a seminal album. Not even just for this for the for the label or anything just like in my life like that was like honestly like the point the entry point for me finding a lot of bands that were in this genre that i didn't even know existed i would have never listened to a lot of the bands that i love now if i hadn't gotten into Hawthorne rights at that time and went and got the silence in black and white um and i was super lucky enough to get to see them on that reunion tour with emory play silence in black and white cover to cover um, that was actually really funny. Like my, <laughs> this is a funny story. My wife is like very much a introvert and would just live her life perfectly going to work and then coming home, going to work, coming home. And, um, you know, she knew how important this album, she, I always talked about it. I would always play it around the house. It's definitely not her preferred genre. Let me say that. Um, but just. Uh, she was like, yeah, let's go to the show because she knows I love it. So she like is like, okay, I'm okay with it because I know how important it is to you. 
And brother, like I had more fun just watching her watch Hawthorne Heights than I did like actually watching Hawthorne Heights because she's just like completely baffled at like how everyone's like interacting with the band. And she's like, I don't know any of these songs and everyone here knows every word to every song. This is so funny. So it was just, it was a, it was a good time, man. It was just funny to see her, like watch her, watch them, like. It just killed me, man. But yeah, they they rip life too. And from what I hear, they're nice guys. But yeah, that album. I mean, of course, Ohio's for Lovers is the big one. But I mean, they had uh, Dissolve and Decay, Blue Burns Orange, Nikki FM was a big one. I think that also had its own video. Um, that was just a great album, man. I was, I mean, and like I said, I still listen to that to this day. I don't know if did you ever get super into them, or you probably at least heard a couple of the songs. Yeah, man, uh, I bought that first album. Oh, nice! And that—that that was the only one that you know I was like, I, I don't know any of this stuff after that. Yeah, but, you know, and, and um, that's like that song. Uh, like I said, that was the one that. It's funny, my brother, my brother and I went to that show I was just talking about. Um, the Stateside Sense of Sail and Hawthorne Heights. And we were talking about. We were like singing that song on the way to the show, and then like we walked in as they were playing that song. You know. But uh, other than that first album, I you know I just I never dove into their other stuff, but uh, I definitely dug it, and I wish I got to see their set just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, dude. They, I mean they were huge. Yeah, for sure, definitely huge. Yeah, was your your wife was that the first like show that your wife ever went to, like a big show like that? No, I mean she's been to other shows, but she's more on like the she likes Ellie Goulding and Bruno Mars, like that kind of stuff. Bruno Mars is awesome. Yeah. I, I guess I meant more like, like that genre. The genre oh, awesome. oh, yeah. She 100% would not go to another one. And that was the one, Aww. the first one she ever went to. <laughs> she told me already. She was like, That's she's funny. like, are they, um, actually it was with Emery because, you know, Emery opened on that. I think they were yeah. kind of switching off who opened and who closed. It was like co headline. Co headline. Yeah. But, um, at our show, it was Emery that opened. And it was just funny. Which is probably perfect for you. Yeah, it was awesome, right? and I was just like, "This is two birds with one stone, man." I never got to see either of these bands, and now I like their touring albums. I fucking love by each band, but you know, she had no idea who Emery was leading in. So when they start, and then you know they're doing some of their scream stuff, it's just she's like, "Are they? Are they? Uh, is this like a satanic band? Are they worshiping the devil?" <laughs> and I'm like, "This is literally." They were literally on a Christian record label. Like this is the right. opposite of that. Like What's it was fun. just funny, man. But yeah, she was a she was a real. I mean, she didn't. It wasn't one of those things where she just like complained the whole time. She was just like not in her element, but she wasn't just like visibly like trying to tell me she wasn't having fun. You know, she was just kind of like, well, all right, <laughs> let's wait through these songs and then we'll go home. Like <laughs> that's a that's a cool wife, though. You know, like she like you said, she knew how important. Important into you exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's there for you. That's 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 all you can ask for someone in the moment like that, especially if it's not their thing, you know. For sure, man. Yeah, and were you ever into the band Beloved? Um, I don't think I know those guys. Uh, they were on. Well, they were on. So Chad Johnson had a record label. He run, Chad Johnson runs Furnace Fest. He had a record label called Takehold Records, and Tooth and Nail kind of bought them out. Oh, okay. So you mentioned Tooth and Nail, um, but like Christian band, you know, uh, like, you know, so they're like homies with Under Oath and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but 
I don't know, they love it. It's incredible. They haven't played a show in 15 years. They're doing their first show ever, or ever since 15 years at Furnace Fest. And, um, I just want to highly recommend to you. I highly recommend it. I think, based on our conversation tonight, I really think you would enjoy their album, Failure On. It's the only full length that they've put out. Like they, they broke up like early on, but again, so them getting back together is like a really big deal. You know, after 15 years or whatever, you need to promise me you're going to go listen to failure on. What is it called again? So the band is called Beloved. Uh One word, Beloved. And the album is called Failure On. Failure On? You got to check it out. I had Joe Mustin. Joe Mustin's the drummer. He was on the podcast and he does the screaming too. And it always blows my mind. Like a drummer that can, that can play and sing or scream at the same time. Dude, like, that that uh, is level. Freaking Aaron, me, Aaron from Under Oath, kind of. Exactly. Yeah, I that does. I'm like, and if you, if, if, I mean, even if you just casually play as a musician, I can't even fathom how the fuck you would play the drums and sing at the same time. Like I could barely play the guitar and sing at the same time, dude. Like what the fuck? Exactly. It's it's insane. I, I think that's an album you really dig, man. Okay. And you'll have to let me know. No, I'll put it, I, I made a note. I have, I have to write it down, dude, or I'll forget. So I made a note on I'm my, gonna, uh, my Victory Records. You. Oh, yeah, do that, too. They're not Victory Records, but I had to mention that. Right on, right on. Yeah, no, I'll listen to it, man. Yeah. Definitely. I, that's the other thing, too, I love it. About things like this, and like it's how I ended up finding a lot of friends, too, back in the day, would be like, you know, you would talk about, oh, you like so-and-so band? Like, do you know these guys? Like, based on what you're saying, you would like these guys. Like, exactly what you did is, like, how, like, a lot of people found other bands that they liked, too. That was another way besides, you know, before Spotify and all that stuff, before all the algorithms and everything. It was like, um, you know, you would just talk to people and, and hear something that they liked. And then if you like that thing and you also like this thing, you would tell them about that. and Then you make a connection and then... Either they like it or they don't like it, and then you can kind of bond through that, or like just talk about other stuff that you like. Like I was, that was always like a very cool thing, and like a way that I, you know, found a lot of friends. Honestly, absolutely, man. Couldn't agree more. But yeah, man, absolutely. we got through it. We're gonna, we gotta, we gotta put together that uh, playlist, dude. That's gonna be a banger. It's good. We might have to just go ahead and do like just a long ass playlist of like every <laughs> every song we like. Like just, I mean. Yeah, I can cut it down to eight. I think, what'd you say, seven or eight songs? It's like each of us, or? Yeah. Why don't we do, let's do 10. We'll just do a 20 song playlist. Let's do 10 each. All right. Got it. I, I, I will send you 10 songs tonight. <laughs> I'll, I'll also send you, I will. I can I can do that because I wrote down more than 10 already. So that's easy. Oh, sick. Perfect. And uh, I'll send you that, uh, uh, the beloved album. I'll yeah, dude, for sure. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, as always, guys. Too. Um, or again, guys. We uh, we're gonna put out that playlist. Uh, when this episode comes out, as you're listening to this, uh, we'll be sure to drop this link to this uh, playlist that you could check out based on the discussion that we just had about you know our favorite uh, Victory Records albums that have come out. Um, so you guys be check be sure to check that out along with um, along with uh, this episode. So. Dana, man, I appreciate your time, brother. Why don't you tell people where they can find your show, keep up with everything that you got going on? All right, dude. Uh, yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. This is yeah, yeah. always an honor to be on someone else's show. The fact that somebody wants to hear my 
stupid ass talk is very cool. <laughs> so thanks, dude. Appreciate it, Harold. But um, yeah. So I host a podcast. It's called Two Weeks Notice Podcast, and I've made enough references to it earlier in the show. But basically, all the kind of music that we've been talking about tonight, I've had on my show. Um, just people from all these bands, basically, and uh, I got a lot more exciting things happening with the podcast. So. Again, if you search just two weeks notice podcast, not two weeks, a lot of people think there's an S, there isn't. It's the one with the peace sign, you know, like a hand with the peace sign. Pretty easy to find on any platform, and uh, it's a similar, just really easygoing conversation with some of my favorite musicians ever, and it's always someone I'm sincerely a fan of, and it's always an honor to speak with these people. The coolest thing that's ever happened to me in a lot of ways, and I could not um, have gotten all these people if it weren't for the band Pieballs, who I am the tour manager for. I started out as their biggest fan, turned like cowbell player and merch guy and and tour manager. So we're going out on so a mini tour. We're playing in Orlando, Florida on September 24th. That's a Friday, so if you're in that area, come on down. We, we need people to show up. Pieball doesn't play there in a long time, and it's a killer show. And, um, and then we're playing Furnace Fest in Birmingham, Alabama, which is an insane lineup. And then on Monday, the 27th of September, we're playing with the band Thursday, who obviously we talked about tonight, in Greensboro, North Carolina. And we get some other shows in the world. So, yeah, man. Thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Um, as always, guys, you can follow us on social media, too. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Dana, thanks again, brother. Thank you.